0: Okay, you're going to lead this off? I guess I'll leave this off then.
1: <laughs> I can lead it off. We are back. We're back. We're back together. Torn and I are back together talking about topics to shift the narrative. I'm excited. I'm excited about this topic because I don't know if anybody ever talks about this. And maybe they do. And I just haven't heard anyone talk about it. So I wanted to talk about uh, shifting the narrative around academics. Um, where does it fall as a priority? Uh, what does that look like? And just, I'm I'm going to, I have ideas in my head. So I'm going to go ahead and start off uh, so that, so that you know, Torrin, exactly where I'm kind of coming from. I'm not, i I don't want to talk about what academics are important or the education system. That's not what I want to talk about. What what I see a lot on uh, social media is a lot of times parents will, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that parents shouldn't get excited, but they will get really excited about their kiddo demonstrating, you know, reading early or uh, focus on handwriting, or they will get excited about their kiddo being able to identify letters, right? Which, as an educator, as a speech therapist, as an autism education specialist, I am not at all negating the importance of academics. However, uh, our kiddos are are intellectually, uh, it's not an intellectual delay. Autism is not an intellectual delay. Now, you can, of course, have an intellectual delay. You can have learning disabilities. You can have ADHD. You can have all of these other things. But our children are actually uh, pretty good learners. I think the dilemma is how it's presented. And 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 I know I've, I'm kind of all over the place, but what I want to talk about is when we're focusing on children demonstrating academics, especially in the early years, right? I'm talking, I'm going to start off with the early years and I have a lot to say about the later years as well. But... It's great when kids can add on their own or read on their own or write spelling words and you never taught them. But if they don't have a way to communicate, (laughs) it's not really going to do them a lot of good, right? So I wanted to just get your viewpoint and kind of have a discussion around academics. Like, Like, where does it fall on the priority list? Do we work on communication? Academics will come. I, you know... I never feel like you can't fill that gap in um and then I'm gonna stop rambling and, and let me hear what you have to say Torrin.
0: oh boy where <laughs> do we start where do we start this is a dense topic that that you've come up with today I know it's funny you suggested this today because just a few hours ago actually I saw a post on a, a autism site where the parent was saying their kid can has like is is starting to learn how to read and the kid's almost four Mm -hmm. so that's pretty young Mm -hmm. um, especially in America where you have adults that can't read and but they what they were concerned about is the kid's still Mm nonverbal and they bought the kid a mirror and he's making like funny faces and stuff in the mirror and they're asking could this be a sign that he's that he's going to start speaking which I understand the question but you just you just casually said your kid is three and and starting to read like, that's not normal. And I feel like that was almost a, yeah, but let's talk about the verbal part. Mm-hmm. And that's why, well, that's why I don't understand this sort of insistence on, obviously communication is important, but this insistence on hitting certain milestones yes. at the appropriate time, even when they're blowing other milestones out the water. Exactly. So it's funny you brought this up today, because that's always sort of perplexed me.
1: And And, you know... The topics come to me based on, you know, whatever is going on in my world in, in this particular week when we're having discussions. But I always talk to parents and tell them, I've never met an autistic student who couldn't learn, right? I've never met a kid who couldn't learn, whether it's autism or not. You know, as a speech therapist and educator, all children can learn and all, every individual person. But we all have things that we do very well and things that we have to work a little harder at. My struggle is always around spending time focusing on teaching little children before school age things that they're going to learn in school and not spending time on the other things that will actually help them become better learners and be able to navigate the school a little bit easier. Now, I don't want to talk about sensory, I don't want to talk about communication, Um, I'm saying those things uh, because school is the way everyone is judged. <laughs> how you do in school is how a lot of us are judged, right? How parents feel. You see parents, you know, oh, my kids, you know, student of the month. And, you know, I'm a parent of two kids. And now I always thought it was really funny how, you know, we get excited about parents, student of the month. And the teachers really just rotate kids through. Everyone eventually gets to be student of the month. I'm not saying that children don't need to be celebrated. I am saying just because someone is academically proficient does not mean that all is right with the world. It doesn't mean that we don't need to work on some things that um help to facilitate and lead our kids into careers based on whatever academic talent they have, whether it's really good at math, mental math and or or just, you know, average learning. My, my, when it comes to academics, parents are pressured, right? They have to have all these checklists done in order for their kids to go to school, in order for their kids to sit in school, in order for their kids to participate in an inclusive setting, or some parents even have to test their kids to get into specific schools. And I understand society looks at school as this is what we do. But I also don't think that academics is the all end um, to being successful. Well, I think, well,
0: this is rare on this podcast, but I actually have to somewhat disagree with you a little bit. Good. Obviously, academics not all is not the be all and end all. But I feel like a lot of parents, so there are a lot of autistic people who are actually really good at academics. it's, It's more than a stereotype. Some of us aren't. I was never particularly good at academics. I was good at some things and absolutely terrible at others. So it balanced out that I was kind of a slightly below average student. But a lot of autistic kids are really good at school. And some enjoy it and some don't. But I feel like there's so much emphasis on focusing on the things they can't do. Mm -hmm. so like i mentioned earlier they don't talk they don't tie their shoes they don't yada 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 and not enough emphasis on what they are good at Mm -hmm. if a child for example is really good at math and they can get through about in america if they can get through about fourth grade that's about like long division stuff if they can get up there and still be good at math they're already rare because most people suck at math (laughs) and that could lead to a career Obviously, some skills are non-negotiable—potty training, some form of communication, for example. But pretty much, ev- almost everything else can be worked around. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work on skill acquisition; you should. But I don't. But what worries me is the priorities put on that, and not enough on, hey, this kid's really good at science, really good at math; he can make a career out of that. This kid's really good at history; he can make a career out of that. Hmm? There's, this could be something they can do, and this could be something they can use to leverage. We talked about in our last podcast, or one of our last podcasts, used to leverage against a lot of their weaknesses. Yes. So that that's sort of how I feel. So I like the whole academic thing. I agree with you where um, if a child is struggling academically, you shouldn't be pulling your hair out because, like I said, and like you said, it's not the be-all and end-all
1: So so thinking in terms of <clears throat> uh, your viewpoint on it, I don't necessarily, um, and I, 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 I love good discussion and we don't have to agree on everything, but I'm not really sure if it's a matter of us disagreeing. I think that's what the discussion is. Like, if you have like a slider, right, if you have like an audio slider, you know, when do you work on academics and when do you work on communication and when is academics a priority and what academics are priority. And I think that what you said, uh, makes me think about my dream for, you know, the education system is for kids who are really good at something. Let's just work on that and not work on, uh, Diagramming a sentence, you well, know, so
0: there's not enough money in doing that. So, yeah, no,
1: I know, I know. But I do think that using that strength that they have is beneficial towards a career. And that's where, of course, you know, parents have to see that perspective and figure out how to make that work. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think I love homeschool, because you can kind of sort of finagle that with your kid's talent. Uh, for me, I think, torrented it is when. I don't like to see parents stressed and overwhelmed, right? And certainly I don't like to see their kids overwhelmed. So when parents are spending or, or you know, the therapist is spending a lot of time on passing a language test or, you know, passing a test to get into kindergarten, but we're not working on the other stuff that like communication, sensory regulation, but, you know, maybe around communication and, and all these other things. I think that's where I get, I get sort of like, I don't want to say frustrated, but it's, I'm like, all of that will come, right? And it's going to come in a way it's going to come. And, and everybody has strengths and weaknesses around academics. Everyone does, you know, I'm not negating. We're here to talk about autistic individuals, but, you know, if you're sitting in a college class, there's some people who have to work a little harder at the class than other people, right? That's the reality of the world. And I think it is... Going back to what you said about looking at their weaknesses and not looking at what they do well, instead of focusing on trying to get them to do those things that maybe, you know, typically we all gravitate to, you know, math or we all gravitate to reading. Um, A lot of times I'll see kiddos where, you know, reading comes really natural to them and they're really quick learners and other kids math is like just something that they just do very well, right? Like you don't even know where it comes from. And, um, of course, the science and the building and the engineering and the visual perception, all of that stuff. When kids are building Legos, I mean, that is just such a skill set that, you know, can lead to being an architect. I think that in the realm of academics and trying to meet that, oh, my gosh, I just lost the word that you said, meet the, ah, the timeline. It's not the timeline when you're trying to meet like the checklist. It's like these are the things that every child. These are the things that you're. Oh, the with. arbitrary standards. Yes, the standards. Exactly, exactly. So, for example, when when a kiddo is in, and I know I'm talking about the younger years because that's the foundation, right? I'm not saying that the older years, and I'll I'll get to that. But in terms of when when kiddos are getting ready for school, or in the first two years of school, and there's so much emphasis put on doing well and making that A, and that's what's expected, because that's what people expect. We lose other stuff that is important. And I think that's where it's difficult for me to figure out how to have that conversation, because I do know that society looks at student of the month as a big deal. People look at making straight A's as a big deal. People look at being on the honor roll as a great deal. And I'm not saying that there's anything against being on the honor roll, but I know a lot of people who did really well in school and they are not uh, really good at uh, their job, right, their field, because they're just good at regurgitating. Yeah, there there are some politicians
0: who graduate with honors from Ivy League schools who are terrible at their job.
1: Well, I won't even go into a lot of PhD folks that I've worked with that I'm like. Okay. Shout out
0: to Florida. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your, your boy graduate your
0: boy graduated Yale mag- magna cum laude and he he has no clue what he's doing.
1: Well, you know, and and that you know what that actually brings me to. It brings me to maybe what is sort of. Uh, I don't want to say bothering me, but sort of like triggering this conversation that I wanted to have is the teaching things with flashcards because you want kids to perform academically to appear that they are neurotypical. And maybe that's where I'm sort of coming from in terms of, you know, they have to be able to regurgitate that. They have to be able to regurgitate that. And then so they regurgitate it, but they still don't have a way to communicate. They're still struggling, you know, in the classroom because of sensory overload. And and this is probably stemming from a conversation I recently had with a family member who uh, is, their child is struggling. um, And I think some things need to be, some priorities need to be shifted. Uh, So maybe that's why it's like on my mind. Um, Well, one of the things I think this comes back
0: to what we spoke about on the Aspie talk episode, which Mm -hmm. is going to drop almost certainly before this episode does (laughs) at the end, when we talk about stimming and we actually bring this up a lot, doing poorly academically compared to our arbitrary standards, doing poorly reflects badly on the parent. When the kid doesn't do well, the parent gets called called in. Johnny's not doing well on math. Johnny's not doing, Johnny's not paying attention. Johnny won't sit down. It's seen as your fault as the parent (laughs) on top of that. Academics, more than anything, especially in our country where everything is standardized tests, is a real sort of rudimentary, but what's the word I'm looking for? But like a numerical way, for lack of a better word, to judge progress. Yes. Because you kind of can't chart autism, unfortunately. People try, but you can't. But human beings like pattern recognition, human beings like charts and numbers and graphs and like to see things in sort of a quantifiable way. So academics is a way to see it. the kid's doing well in academics, well, you you must be doing something right. There must be some hope for the kid if he's doing well academically. And if he's not doing well academically, well, then suddenly everything else he doesn't do well in suddenly gets looked at as well. So I think it's a lot of peer pressure on the part of the parents Mm -hmm. and a desire to see like a quantifiable improvement and upward trend in how their child's autism manifests itself.
1: Which brings me to the way I see children is not based on anything quantitative. (laughs) Maybe that's my issue.
0: You shouldn't look look at anybody by the numbers, but people do. It's just human nature.
1: Yeah. Well, not all humans. It's not my nature. It's not my nature. I, I would say most. Yes, most. Most, most, most. And I'm not saying I don't get it, Taryn. I'm not saying I don't get it. I think for me... And 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 let me let me go and 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 say that I totally understand uh, why parents are focused on this because I've had really great discussions with parents. I have learned a lot from my parents, and I think that um, it's something tangible. It's something measurable. It's something that they have control over. Right? We don't have control over the sensory environment all the time. We don't have control over how quickly a child learns um, the efficiency of communication or whether or not they are totally regulated or whether we're going to have a meltdown um, this week. So I think that sometimes focusing and prioritizing children demonstrating those academic skills, yes, makes you feel good about the fact that you know that your child is capable of learning. And then yes, it is something to say right? Uh, Because if you can't say my child learned three new words this week, you can say, oh my gosh, my child spelled or, you know, did math without me asking, or my child does all these, you know, um, amazing uh, geometric things. And it's concrete. It's just concrete. Um, I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm here to talk about, I want I just want people to see things differently. I want to shift the narrative around. It doesn't have to always be quantitative. And I understand society structures it that way. But that doesn't mean we can't push back on society. You know, having these discussions is a way to push back on society if we all start saying we really don't need to diagram to, what is it, sentence sentence diagram or whatever that is that we all learned.
0: Sentence structure.
1: No, there's a. We had to diagram a sentence, which I still don't even understand the purpose of that. I mean, I remember learning. I mean,
0: I went to public school in the hood. They barely taught us how to read, so I, <laughs> that's all over my head.
1: Well, I also think that um, you know the demonstration of regurgitating things through flashcards is not really learning. It's just regurgitating things through flashcards. Um, yeah, not always applicable. And and this topic, I, I apologize to the listeners. There's no streamline direction. It's just a discussion because it's on my mind and school just restarted um, in the States. We have just a few more months before all of our kids during this COVID time are going to be judged based on their academic performance where some of our kids will have to, or the schools will make decisions based on what they will do next year based on their academic performance when a lot of our kids know a lot. But if they have no way of communicating and showing us what they know, then they're going to be judged unfairly, which is probably... Or, the con- or, or and to flip, to
0: flip this uh, conversation, or they'll be judged unfairly because they'd see too much. Many autistics are judged to be quote-unquote higher functioning because they can do well academically. Mm-hmm. Which in the States, once again, and unfortunately in many Western countries... Academics essentially just uh, root re- memorization, regurgitation. It's improved a little bit over the years, but it's for all intents and purposes, it's still basically that. And many autistic people are good at that. They struggle everywhere else. They might not be able to tie their shoes. They might struggle with verbal communication. They might melt down every other day. But, boy, can they remember their times table. They remember their times table before anybody else in class remembers their times So They must be doing well. So they're going to get promoted and pushed on. They're going to be suggested to move into inclusive into inclusive education instead of special ed because, well, the rest of the special ed kids, they're behind. That's the problem with special ed, by the way, just to go on a tangent. Um, academically, they're usually not at level with their uh, regular education counterparts. Which often leads to issues they tend to be behind. So what they'll do is, at least in my experience, they'll take kids who have struggles but are good academically and move them to inclusion. Simply because they need to to be challenged more academically, even though they're not ready for inclusion. And those kids grow up to be teenagers who continue to get promoted because they're good academically. But they still don't have skills. And then they go to college because they can get into college because they do well on the standardized test. And then life completely kicks them in the behind. Yes. Because they never developed any of those skills and had everybody say how talented they were yes. and how smart they are. And they don't know how to stand up for themselves. They don't know how to cope. They don't know how to deal with stress. They don't know how to deal when there's other people around them who are just as smart or smarter than they are. And it's now a competitive environment. So it works both ways. You get kids who are held back. They know the material and can't communicate it. But you also get kids who can communicate it and they can memorize material who are lagging in a bunch of other areas that aren't being addressed. Because, hey, 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 he he knows how to spell the word Mississippi. By the way, I I have my spelling is so bad when I worked in education. I work with first and second graders and they routinely have to correct me on my spelling when I write a word on the board.
1: So you want me to tell you a little a little observation that I've made over my career, Um, academic career as well as professional career? I find that a lot of very intellectual, creative people struggle with spelling. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I blog for a living and I screenwrite, and I've had and I have several of my screenplays currently up for consideration for various awards and festivals. But my spelling is between about first and second grade level. <laughs>
1: Thankfully, we have spell checks, so we don't have to worry about
0: all I know right? It's like they say, well, remember when you were a kid, they said this and i i'm 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 like a early millennial ish i'm i'm twenty nine mm. remember I'm sure they said this when when you were a kid, they're like, well, you're not you got remember this math problem because you're not gonna have a calculator in your pocket. You're not always gonna
1: have a calculator with you yes yeah, that that ended up being b s of course, we always have a calculator with us, and you know torn, you you reminded me with um what you just said in terms of (sighs) kids who demonstrate their academics proficiently on level, whatever that means, are the kids that are assumed, um, you know, oh, they're fine. Let's just put them in inclusion. They're fine, right, without providing them with supports. Um, And then, like you said, not giving them the skill set, not helping them understand certain things, and then they become young adults and it just becomes overwhelming But then I also think about the kids that you mentioned who are judged based on not demonstrating academics. And of course, I will always argue it is because you're not asking them in a way they process and you're not giving them the opportunity to show you in a way they communicate. And I'll share a little story about this 16-year-old young man named Alex. Everyone knows I like to share stories about my experiences with kiddos. But Alex was a 16-year-old student. I'd never met Alex. I was actually asked to come to California and provide support at the school for this young man. And of course, I was like, well, I don't know why you need me to come because this was right after Katrina and I'd lost my job. And so someone had given them my, my name. And I said, California, you guys have all kinds of resources. Like, I can't imagine that you need me to come from Louisiana at the time. Um, just not a lot of resources. And they said, no, we have a lot of training. We have all the resources, but we're just really struggling. And, you know, we're hoping that you can help. So I go in, you know, to this school. And one of the things that I noticed is that Alex, age 16, they said, you know, he just refuses to do his work. I said, okay, well, where is his work? I look at the folder. Now, Alex is a 16-year-old who has ordered things from China on the computer at home. So clearly Alex is capable of reading, remembering his parents' credit card, inputting it, and in ordering from China. And this was- Listen, before, every every
0: teenager knows how to do it. Every teenager knows was, how to use their parents' credit card. This
1: was before Amazon. This was long, long time ago. Well... uh I looked at the work and I said, you know, this is kind of like baby work. Like, why is he like, what, why he you like, this is like kindergarten. He's 16. Like, why are we not doing like, you know, high level reading and math? And they said, well, we just don't know where his reading level is because they were testing him based on the standardized method you assess a verbal child, right? So I said, okay, well, let's just see where Alex is with reading." said, "Go get a bunch of leveled books." And I said, "Alex, come on over here." And I shoved a book in front of us. I say "shove" because I literally had books lined up and just kept shoving them to the left, right. So I shoved these books uh, in front of Alex, and he reads. And then I shoved the ne- next level, and and then I, you know, give him the book with the next level. And I'm really just kind of passing them through. And then finally, we got to a book where Alex shoved the book back to me. So they went back to the previous book, and I said. This is where Alex is. When Alex shoved the book back to me, Alex is communicating. I can't read that, so I went back to the previous book that he read and didn't shove it at me. And I said, "This is where Alex is. This is his reading level." They, like,
0: need, they they need to make a movie out of you, like the Autism Whisperer. They really do. <laughs> and this this is like a scene from like a movie if they did that.
1: <laughs> so I, you know, that's where I. You know, I get bothered when our kids are either judged based on not knowing or judged based on knowing and supports are not in place, right? And 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 academics is not the end all. Yes, I understand. I totally get the world we live in. I'm not saying that I don't understand that. I'm saying the reason we're having this discussion is because if we all start having these discussions openly, maybe at some point, you know, we'll be able to shift the narrative around what academics looks like for not only autistic students, but other kids. Cause there are a lot of kids who are kind of stuck in, you know, being able to um, process information in a way that the school has standardized and decided we all need to process information. Uh, anyway, it just. And, and, and what's a phrase that you use a lot? Um, assume I, competency. I assume competency. I hear Karen Rose say that a lot. I think, um, I've heard that in trainings, but one of the things that I always say is, I truly, truly believe that our children can. And if they can't, then we need to figure out how we can support their needs because our children can. Yes, it may look different. Yes, it looks different when Alex is reading. Yes, it looks different when we are assessing Alex. But that doesn't mean we can't identify where he is. It doesn't mean that Alex is not capable Uh, It doesn't mean that we just can't, you know, forget academics because we don't know where he is and just keep giving him the same baby work, the same baby work. And in all honesty, I understand why Alex was angry in the classroom and throwing chairs and hitting the teachers. Why are you giving me something that I've been doing for the last 10 years? I mean, seriously, who the hell wants to keep doing writing your name, writing your name, writing letters and numbers, writing letters and numbers for the five years of school because nobody knows how to figure out what you know.
0: i had a i had a similar situation when i was in i was about eight years old or so i transferred school i bounced around schools a lot and one of those transfers i was in class we were in class we were in math class and we had like now you have the color-coded books Mm -hmm. and we were the whole class was told we were in like third grade the school itself kind of didn't go by grades because they didn't want to make people feel bad that they were they were behind, which is I think kinda of stupid. Mm-hmm. But it's neither here nor there. So we had this we had the grade books for third grade. That's what we were told. Because I asked them like, so is this a third grade textbook? And the teacher's like, Yeah, yeah, it's a third grade textbook. So we we were, we were about halfway through through the year. And at a certain point I figured I I looked went to the library and looked at all the color coded textbooks and realized we were actually on the second grade textbook. Ah. so I went to my teacher. I'm like, why it says third grade? Cause we were in third grade. So it's like, why are we on the second grade textbook? And it's like, well, well, well the whole class is. And she wouldn't give me a straight So I go to the principal. Remember, I'm like eight. I'm just one of those. I'm just one of those little. I was one of those little annoying brats. So I go to the principal. I'm like, why am I? Why are we on the second grade textbook mm-hmm. when we're in third grade? And credit to the principal, gave me an honest answer. He goes, well, Torin, you're on this level. You're on this this book because when you first came to school we gave you remember that assessment test you gave we gave you? I'm like the one that I sort of just did, I didn't say it like that. The one I yeah. sort of just filled out. It was like, yeah, well we tested you at a second grade level. And I didn't have the words at the time to express what I thought, which was because I didn't know that test was important. Yeah. So I kind of bullshitted it. Yeah. Because that's that's the type of person I am where I only put in effort when I have to, mm-hmm. because I don't have the brain energy to put in effort to anything. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I say, they say, when you don't, when you at the end of the year, we'll move to the green book, which is third grade book. I'm like, I'll be in fourth grade at that point. So I say, how about this? If I can finish this book before the end of the year, can I move into the green book? And they're like, yeah, you're not gonna be able to finish it because you're halfway through and you're halfway through the year. Mm -hmm. I'm like, can I go ahead? You can go ahead. You're not gonna be able to finish it. Mm -hmm. So. I'm one of those people where if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it just to prove people wrong. It's, yes. it's, I'm one of those people. Yes. So I worked through all my lunch periods at home, free time, everything, and finished the book in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. It was like three months worth of stuff in like three weeks. So I came back. and like, I finished the book. And they're like, there's no way. He they look at it. They look through it. They're like, okay, then. So they sent me to the green book. <laughs> and so my, my my point with that is assume competency. Mm-hmm. I didn't do well on the intake test because at the time I was just coming out of a bad school where like things like muggings and hate crimes and stuff occurred to me. So it was sort of uh, I I wasn't in a good headspace. I didn't test well that day. Mm -hmm. The thing about autistic people also, which I should bring up, is testing autistic people is sort of just sort of. It's subjective. It's not it's not objective. It's, su- it's subjective because depending on what sort of day we're having is going to radically shift what numbers we're going to have, regardless of what the test is. So I was having a good day the day they tested me. Mm-hmm. I believe I had meltdown, actually. So, of course, I didn't test well. Mm-hmm. So then once I actually so once I actually applied myself and I was actually in the right state of mind, I did better. I showed what I could do. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem also with testing is you can't just do it once. Because in, in, in America, that's what they do. They test you once beginning of the year when you transfer school. Mm-hmm. I've had that multiple times to me since then. And ever since then, I made sure you do well on these intake tests. Yes. Because they test you once. And depending on how they do, de- decides where you'll be for the rest of your time in that school, regardless of how of, of, of your academic performance.
1: That is so true. And I try to help parents know that whenever their kids are evaluated or assessed that, you know, that was on that particular day during that particular hour is what they demonstrated. That's not always a true reflection of, you know, your kiddo. Uh, I will uh, share another story (laughs) in regards to academics and assessments Uh, in regards to a, a, a little one that I had four years old. And I will never forget looking at her evaluation that they had completed and on paper, she looked multiply, multiply handicapped with intellectual delay on paper, right? That's what she presented as on paper based on the evaluation that they performed. And she comes into my classroom and I start like, I, you know, always observe my children um, and I'm watching her. And that's back in the day when we had Polaroid cameras And I started taking snapshots of all the things she was doing, like putting her numbers in order and saying the numbers out loud. And she was making words with the blocks and doing all these things. And I started taking these snapshots. And I went, I called a meeting and I said to the evaluation, uh, the psychologist who used to do at the school, the evaluations. And I said, we need to reassess in a different way or at a different time, because that assessment evaluation, which is you know, dictating her IEP is not a true indication of what she can do. I mean, she's like really on top of it, right? Like she's past pre-K, like, let me show you the polaroids. So that's, but, you know, she had no verbal words at the time uh, that she was able to to use to communicate effectively. Uh, she could say no, really strong, uh, which I love strong-willed kids. But, you know, academically, she was judged and on that one day, but she had so much more that she was capable of doing. And so, you know, I don't know where this topic is going, but what I'm feeling in my head is this may be a really great topic for us to revisit with, um, a guest educator and a parent, like, you know, parent and educator, both at the table with us and just have some really, not about, the education system, you know, not about accommodations. I mean, I don't wanna waste my time and energy frustrating having discussions frustrated about, you know, the education system in America. That would just defeat the whole purpose well, I believe mean, we could write it, we could do a whole
0: series on that. Yes. Okay, so uh non autism mom. Shout out to non autism mom, where are you at? We just sent out the bat signal. We need a parent and educator because she's a former <laughs> teacher, I believe. Yes. yes so yes. <laughs> we need a parent of an autistic kid. She's two, and educator. That's the bat signal. So, so when we revisit it, it's going to be with her. I don't care if it's five years from now. There you go. We we have to wait till we can get her
1: on the show yes. to revisit this topic. That would be really great. That would be really great. I, I, you know, I just think that, and I, I guess it's I wanted to talk about it because. It's one of those things that either either makes or breaks the direction of a kiddo. Like literally, it makes or breaks the direction of a kiddo in terms of where they're going to be placed, uh, what people think of what they can do. Um, like, And it's really a very minute part of your child um, as an individual and a human being. Like literally, it's really... A small area, and-, and and it's like I said, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. I was I was
0: a set. I was young back in like the tail end of like when IQ tests were still a thing. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they kind of don't do them anymore. But IQ tests are notoriously bad for autistic kids mm-hmm. because That's- of the way w- way they're taught. When I took my IQ test, they had to throw it out because I was both severely mentally handicapped and a genius at the exact same time. <laughs> Because the, the IQ is made up of two different, of two separate tests, which I forget what they test, but there's a certain you're most people will do better than one or the other. That's mm-hmm. expected. Mm-hmm. My variance was so high, so basically I did like amazing on one and absolutely putrid on the other that it it, it broke the rubric, mm-hmm. basically. Like they're basically like no one has this much variance. Yeah. In, because I believe it judged the first two types of intelligence of the of the eight ty- of of uh, uh, herbert Gardner's multiple intelligence, I believe it judged the first two types, which I forget what they are, but no one has that sort of variance mm-hmm. except autistic kids do have that sort of variance. Yeah. autistic people are notorious specialists that's one thing I want to bring up. We tend to specialize in certain things. most people are really good at a few things, really bad at a few other things, mm-hmm. and sort of around average at almost everything else. Autistic people tend to be well above average in a couple things. Mm-hmm. And below average in everything else. And it just varies how below average we are in everything else. We tend to specialize. That's why, that is the reason most therapies are based on skill acquisition. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons. Because we have a lot of areas where we just have to bring up, because we're not around average, we're below average. what well below average. But that makes standardized testing basically worthless Unless it's, it, 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 no, I was going to say unless it's testing us and things we're good at, but that's still worthless because then it doesn't take into account all the things that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. So standardized testing is kind of worthless for most autistic people because of how our brains work, because we're specialists.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that, you know, in in in, in thinking about um, something that somebody's really good at, right? And And I'll use a simple thing like building Legos. I mean, we've seen all those pictures that parents post of you know, these things that kids build with Legos, or they build them with like Play-Doh, or they like build them with like, you know, rocks and and the rocks don't move. and, And it's just, and I'm thinking that's like an innate engineer, right? Like, how did you get those rocks to stack and lean and they don't fall? I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. And I'm wondering how did they get that? I'm like, look at that. They're like a little, there's some folks who are like little, you know, mental calculators in their head, but then those little innate engineers that can get something to be at the top of a stack and it just does not fall um, no,
0: you'll see that they'll be you'll see these autistic kids they'll build these amazing things the Legos for example or they'll go on the piano and just start playing and it sounds great yes or they'll do some other really cool stuff and the parents will look at it and then go but we need him to say his ABCs yes yes like they'll just completely ignore the savant stuff and be like
1: but Kenny says say his ABCs? Because that's really what matters, Stacey. You know what, what always tickles me, um, and it's really just fun to, you know, I, I love working with parents and helping them to see from a different perspective because parents are in the mix of it, right? I mean, when we're in the mix of anything, um, you sometimes don't see uh, what's really happening. And I love it when parents will say, oh, you know, I'm really, really struggling. Um, you know, he'll just go and like, you know, take the chalkboard and write words and, you know, just write words. But then when I say, Hey, can you tell me where, where is an A? Can you show me an A? He won't show me. He doesn't know his letters. And I'm like, um, he does know his letters. He knows them so well. He's making words and let's move past that. Right. Because a concrete thinking autistic kiddo has already demonstrated in their mind. Clearly I know letters, mom, like, don't you see these words that I've put together um, I, got, I got told once that if I,
0: when I was a kid, if I can't spell, that if I can read, I should be able to spell. They would get mad at me. They thought I was purposely messing up words. Oh. They're like, "You're not trying. You can read. You because I've always someone who could read well above grade level, mm-hmm. which by the way, I can't even. Like they found that out late when I was in high school. They're like, "Oh, it turns out you actually can't read either." <gasps> but they said if if you can read you can spell and you're reading three grades above grade level. Turns out they, well, they were kind of right. It turns out what was actually happening is I was just really good at comprehension. Mm-hmm. So if I understood two out of three words, I mm-hmm. can make out the sentence would say, yes, Um, I actually can't read that. Well, if you have me read out loud, I start messing up, mm-hmm. but they were like, well, you can read because our, our, our test, which clearly did not pick up the fact that you actually can't read that well, but you can read. So you should be able to spell. Mm-hmm. That's how they thought. Yes. That. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I, you're still seeing that
1: exactly, and and I think it's a matter of not looking at the big picture, right? When you're you're looking at these um, academic skills that you, for example, I have had. If we think of older kids and they, you know, still working on memorizing your multiplication facts, and I have said, um, so I just gave them an algebra um, problem, and then they did a division word problem. So I think that they know their multiplication facts because you need to know that to be able to do a division work
0: Division, yeah.
1: So thinking in terms of sometimes we're looking for that academic skill checklist and we miss the generalized presentation and demonstration of the skill set because we're looking for the checklist and we're not seeing what they actually can do. That makes And sense. also and 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 also learning
0: is not linear. You learn Mm -hmm. certain things before others. Yes. So, for example, I knew my times table about three years, so up to 12 times 12, about three years before I could tie my own shoes. Yeah. Learning and acquisition of life skills is not linear. Yes,
1: exactly. And even academics... For autistic individual, it's not linear either because some folks can see the big picture or put things together and process in ways that we can't see neurologically what's really going on, but they can demonstrate it. I had a a really fun kiddo who was one of those kiddos that was just amazing at math, right? And he was doing very advanced math for a six-year-old, and one day I remember I was probably working with another kiddo and gave him some things to do. And he had the triple, triple digit subtraction worksheet that he was working on. And I will oh, never, God,
0: forget, every of those. I will
1: never forget looking at his worksheet. And I, I looked at it and I said, um, okay, Edwin, uh, this is a different, and he was like, i finished. And I was like, okay, clearly I can see that you're finished. When you looked at it at first glance, it looked like it was incorrect. But then you looked at it and you're like, well, no, he got the answers right. What I realized, and of course, after talking to Edwin, he was so bored doing triple digit subtraction because it was so easy for him. He told me I decided to do, decided to do it in reverse to make it more challenging. And I thought, okay, Uh, I guess we need to look at doing some different math activities. Now, I still to this day do not know how he did subtraction in reverse. I can see his worksheet in my head now. But when you think about kiddos that are doing this, right, and, and it's not everyone, but kiddos presenting information that we should assume competency, but because it looks different than what we expected or it doesn't meet the checklist criteria then it's counting against them. And so I'd like for everyone to just think about looking at what your child wrote and especially kiddos who have communication differences. You know, our kids can sometimes answer a question on a worksheet or or give an answer academically that is correct, but it's not the answer we were looking for. But if you really think about the connection and you connect the dots, you're like, Oh, now I see how it makes sense. Does that make sense? It's, Yes.
0: And to, to round this out and to reiterate on the opposite side, you should be happy for your child's academic success. But one thing you shouldn't do is basically make sure that's not the only time you're praising them because then they'll associate, oh, I have to do well academically to make my parents happy. Great point. That that That's not good either. But also remember, just because they're doing well academically in a system that's based off memorization and sort of just regurgitating information doesn't mean I'm going to be a little blunt here. it does, does, doesn't mean the kid's smart. Yeah. <laughs> like no. it, I'm just going to be honest. It doesn't mean like you might think you have a little genius. I, for example, I did well on, I was really good at history because it's all memorization. I was good. I, I was good at memorizing stuff, but like I'm actually not all that smart. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean to say, I don't mean to tell people that their kids aren't smart. Um, I, I was sort of taking the piss a little bit. But what I mean is, it doesn't tell the full story. In fact, it might be masking other struggles because they might just be good at take, like, like, they might be good at taking standardized tests. Some people are just good at that. I loved standardized tests because I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't have to know it because it doesn't base it off... Standardized tests doesn't see if you know something. Yeah. It's just, can you memorize what was told to you? So I love standardized tests because... If if they didn't test me off memorization, I would have failed every class I was mm-hmm. in because I had trouble focusing and I didn't especially in like arithmetic and science, I didn't understand any of that stuff. You gave me a formula, it goes in one ear and out the other. And, and out the other. So standardized tests basically allowed me to BS my way through the school system mm-hmm. and then college happened. <laughs> I think I I, I I think we should we should we should bring it home here. You got any last words, Stacey?
1: Well, my last words are, as a parent, um, try to think about academics from perspective of where you want it to be on your child's priority list or your priority list for your child's expectations or what you expect of your child. But when you are looking at your list of priorities and looking at where you have placed academics, think about, is that the right place it should be? Should I even have it as a priority? just think about it. That's really what I want. I just want parents to start thinking about it in a different way than the I need to do this because the school's expect it. I need to do this because the school's expect it. I know I'm I'm always pushing back on on systems, but that's what I do and that's what I want to discuss because we cannot make changes unless we push back a little bit on standardization of stuff, specifically skill set and academics. All right, that's it. I'm done.
0: <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um thanks a lot. Uh we still don't have a great sign out, so
1: yeah, we're good. <laughs> well, I will say, Torin, that I do appreciate you discussing this with me because I know it's kind of a abstract concept. Um, you know No, I loved it. It gave us it allowed us to really uh bring up some important topics. And and that's what I just want people to I want our listeners to start thinking about things they might not have thought about before because they're so caught up in the things that someone gave them a checklist to look for. That's it. All right. Bye, everyone. See ya.